Welcome to another podcast from Christ Church of Acadiana. Uh, I'm Pastor Stuart Amidon, pastor of Christ Church Opelousas. With me, as always, is Pastor Brandon Neely, lead pastor of all of Christ Church. Happy to be here. And joining us yet again is Tim, the Toolman Frazier. I don't have a cool nickname for you yet, so we'll, we'll get, get there. We'll, we'll get, get there, there at some point. Tim, the I don't know. I, I got to pick. It. If you got ideas, drop them in the comments. I mean, in <laughs> in, in high school, they called me Sweet Tea. Oh, I like it. I don't know if I can say it though, but it, it fits the demographic. Yeah. Today we're starting a new show. We're going down the lines and starting to starting to talk about the idea of infant baptism. And we're going to be compiling many episodes um, about this subject over the next several weeks, just to be able to provide more resources for the church to help us think through this well, reason for, reason through it from the Bible. Um, sometimes this can be a, an oddly controversial issue, and it doesn't have to be. We can just sit back, say, what does the Bible have to say about this? How do we put it together? And then move forward from there and enjoy. It's a, it's a good thing to do. Amen. Yeah, I'm, what I'm wanting to do um, with uh, the help of you guys is just build up people's categories as it pertains to this particular doctrine. Let them see where we're coming from. All we're asking in return is that folks be Bereans, which is they receive the Word of God eagerly, and then they examine it for themselves. And uh, we're not forcing anything down anyone's throat. Everyone must answer to Jesus themselves. And, uh, but there is a large contingent of folks in our church that have been recently convinced of this, and they want to appease their consciences and give their infant children the sign of the covenant. Hmm. And so we're laying out the reasons for that so that everyone can come to understand, or Amen. at least uh, respect the other side of the, of the debate. Right. It makes total sense. Yeah. And uh, today we're going to begin in Galatians chapter 3, verse 26. And um, I will be making arguments, and I will be making them passionately. And How I, dare you. Yeah, and I will be building a case. It doesn't mean I don't respect the other side of the debate. Um, I just think that it's wrong. It doesn't mean I don't respect them, and it doesn't mean that I don't think they love the Lord. It doesn't mean that I'm trying to force anything on them. But uh, with my personality and with exegesis, I'm going to build a case, and I do hope to persuade people the same way I hope to persuade them about all the things that I teach. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's not persuasion through force or rhetoric or peer pressure. Um, Be a Berean. Receive it. Be teachable. You know, listen, you know, Mm -hmm. and... um, and uh, examine it for yourselves. Amen. And so we're giving them the arguments so that they can examine it for themselves. Mm-hmm. We got it. We got Amen. It. Galatians 3, starting in verse 26. All right, here we go. Galatians three twenty-six. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. All right. Let's walk through it. I'm just going to um, slowly walk through it with you. Okay, let's go. And then we'll talk about it. I'm ready. So he's talking to the Christians in Galatia. They are in Christ Jesus, Mm -hmm. that is, united to Christ Jesus by the Spirit of God. Mm -hmm. Um, They are sons of God. Everyone Mm -hmm. who is in Christ Jesus is a son of God. With an inheritance. That is an heir of God. Mm -hmm. And this is not through baptism. Mm -hmm. This is through faith. Got it. It's not through circumcision. It is through faith. Okay. Okay? Um, For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. So, those who are in Christ are all sons through faith through faith and they are also all baptized mm-hmm. into Christ mm-hmm. okay and they've put on Christ verse 28 there is neither Jew nor Greek there is neither slave nor free there is no male and female for you are all one 
in Christ Jesus. One faith, one Lord, one... Baptism. That's right. One baptism. Why is this important? Why is this idea of one baptism and baptism keep coming up alongside of things like Jew and Greek, male and female? Is because in the Old Covenant, the sign of the covenant was given only to male Jews. If a Gentile wanted to become a Jew, he had to receive the sign of the covenant. But the new sign, baptism, is not just for men. It's for men and women, and mm-hmm. it's not just for Jews. It's for Jews and Gentiles. Mm-hmm. So everyone received the same sign of the new covenant, and they were all one body, all united to Abraham. Mm-hmm. That's, why, that's why he's bringing this particular point up when he mentions baptized. Everyone is baptized into Christ. We have a unity, no Jew, no Greek, etc. Mm-hmm. Verse 29. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. Right. So we've mentioned already that if you are Christ's, if Christ's, <clears throat> if Christ claims you, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. then you are Abraham's offspring, mm-hmm. whether you're Jew or Gentile. Mm-hmm. All right. Got it. And if you are claimed by Christ, mm-hmm. and therefore you are a son, and therefore you are an offspring, you are also an heir according to the promises given to Abraham. Okay. In the book of Genesis, chapter 17 in particular, chapter 12 as well, right? Mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. He goes on to say, I mean that the heir, as long as he is a child. So now this word child is the word infant. Mm -hmm. It's often used to describe a ignorant or uh, unspeaking infant. Mm -hmm. It can be used for a toddler and whatnot. But notice the connection here. We have those who are in Christ Jesus, who are Christ's, who are sons of God, who are also Abraham's offspring, Mm -hmm. who are also heirs. Mm -hmm. And all these people, he then goes on to say, I mean that the heir, and now he talks about a particular species of heir, Mm -hmm. a young heir, as long as he is a child. So now we have infant heirs. Mm -hmm. Little children heirs, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, is no different from a slave, okay? Is no different from a slave, though he is the owner of everything. Mm-hmm. What's his status? Well, he's an owner. Mm-hmm. He's an heir, mm-hmm. even though he's a child. But he's treated as a slave, which means he has guardians, verse 2, but he is under guardians and managers, and who is that? Parents. Mm-hmm. Until the date said by his father. All right, so that's just walking through it. Now we got a lot to talk about, right? A lot to talk about. <laughs> Were y'all able to track with all of that? Okay, yeah, I got it. Right? All right, so what do we know already from the book of Galatians and the rest of the Bible? No one is justified by baptism, so we're not talking about that. Amen? Amen. All right, how are we doing with our recording, notes, all good? All right. Everyone is justified by faith in Jesus Christ and faith alone. Amen. Big amen to that. But the question is, what is the status of the believer's children? What is the status of a child born to an heir? Mm-hmm. And I think we could clearly see here, and we'll walk through it, that the children of heirs are heirs. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. That in some way, the children heirs who are under a guardianship and a mentorship, right, by their parents, are Christ's in some sense. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's unpack it. First lesson the sons of God, through faith, are baptized into Christ. Everyone agrees with that. If you're an adult, if you're not a child, um, you are not to be baptized unless you have faith. Right. 
right? You have to profess Christ. Right. We don't go around forcing baptisms on <laughs> on adults, and, and not even on uh, little kids. The little kids who can speak and claim Christ need to come to Christ, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, the debate is only over the status of the infants of believers. Okay. You see what I mean? Right. It's not over um, believers' baptism. Everyone believes in believers' baptism. Right. But what is the status in our church mm-hmm. of babies born to believers? Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's the debate. And that's not something we're usually uh, accustomed to thinking about. But it also comes with the way you understand the covenant, correct? Well, sure. Yeah. What do you mean? Would you like to flesh that out a little bit? Um, I mean, if your understanding of the covenant is... Of uh, the male being the head of the household mm-hmm. and uh, being responsible for mm-hmm. um, the household, mm-hmm. right? You're saying if then, then he there is the he is the covering of his household. Mm-hmm. So thereby, if I am in the covenant, then my children and my wife mm-hmm. are covered in that covenant mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah, well, you have to ask the question, does God deal with us individually? Yes. But does he deal with us covenantally? Yes. Are there promises in the Bible to individuals? Yes. But are there promises to households, promises to families, Mm -hmm. promises to nations? And we will show, not in today's podcast, but in later podcasts, that the new covenant promises are to households and to families of the earth Mm -hmm. and to nations. They're not specifically addressed to each individual. Right. Mm -hmm. You see what I mean? Yeah. So we have to get this covenantal worldview in our mind. It's we live in a radically individualistic age. Right. It's our default settings. We're born as individual units in the collective. That's how we think. But that's not the Hebrew worldview. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm saying we're building categories for people. Right. Because this is, in some ways, like trying to explain blue to blind people who've never experienced it, have no uh, categories in their mind for it. So we're slowly building this little bit by bit. And it is very difficult, you know, to toss off uh, an entire lifetime of individualistic culture an individualistic mindset to be able to start thinking covenantally in the first place. That's right. That's and, tricky for people. And and yeah, and this happens to Christians because they begin to consume large amounts of the Bible over mm-hmm. a short period of time, and they mm-hmm. begin to, to see things, and lights come on, and dots are being connected. And, uh, and that's what this is all about. Right. Mm-hmm. All right? And at some point in this podcast, or maybe others, y'all should give your own uh, testimony about this. Tell people where you're at with it, mm-hmm. um, so that maybe they can step into your shoes as we go through these lectures. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, 100%. So maybe we'll do that at the end. Check out uh, verse 29. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring. Okay? Heirs according to the promise. So in some way, the offspring of Abraham are also Christ, also heirs according to the promise. Now, what were the promises to Abraham? I'll just read this for us real quick. Genesis 17, 6. This is one place we could go to. I will make you exceedingly fruitful to Abraham, God mm-hmm. promises, in the Abrahamic covenant. I will make nations of you, and kings will descend from you. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you. See that? Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. one of the promises. To be your God and the God of your descendants after you, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and to you and your descendants, I will give the land where you are res- residing, all the land of Canaan, as an eternal possession, and I will be their God. Who's there? 
That's Abraham the descendants. and his descendants. Right. And we know from the New Testament that Abraham never thought that it was actually Canaan, but that was a, a first fruits of the whole earth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we know that the meek shall inherit the earth and that this will be culminated when Jesus Christ returns, when all the saints will be raised from the dead and all together at one time we will inherit the earth finally and ultimately. Right. Amen. Right. But you notice the promises that are given to Abraham are always um, including his descendants. There is covenantal succession inside of every single covenant in the Bible. Right. Adam sinned, and therefore we, his descendants, receive those curses mm-hmm. because there is covenantal succession. Mm-hmm. If Adam would have passed the test, he and his descendants would have been given to eat of the tree of life. But instead he sinned, and he was excommunicated, and that curse fell on his descendants mm-hmm. because the promises to him and to Noah and to Abraham and to David, are always to the descendants as well. Mm -hmm. There's built-in covenantal succession. God does not deal only with individuals, but his promises go to households and to covenant lines. Mm -hmm. You see there. Mm -hmm. But when uh, Paul mentions this, he says very clearly to the Christians at Galatia that the promises of Abraham are theirs in Christ. Mm -hmm. They are heirs according to the promise. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what promises are ours? The promises of Abraham. We go to Genesis, we read them, and we see it includes our children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, there's just no way to get around that. Right. Absolutely. I see it. Then in verse 30, you can see that Paul makes a point about the heirs. The heir, as long as he is a child. So now he's starting to talk about a different category of heir. Right. Infant heirs. Right. It's no different from a slave. Mm-hmm. Though he is the owner of everything. See the status there. Right. He's an infant heir, an infant status. Right. But But even as a child, he owns everything. He receives mm -hmm. all the right, all the inheritance. That's right, like Esau. Mm -hmm. But then what happened? He gave it up. For some soup. That's right. (laughs) Like all those who apostatize, they can be granted promises Mm -hmm. because of their parents and through their guardians and their managers, through that stewardship. Right. But they themselves must believe and persevere in faith, of course. Right, right. Right. (coughs) Excuse me. No COVID. So therefore, in in other words, to put it plainly, and this is why why I want to address this issue, because it is such a beautiful aspect of the covenant promises. It's such a beautiful aspect of the gospel Mm -hmm. that your child has a place in God's plan. Right. Isn't that something? Think about that. Mm-hmm. And now we all... You don't have to treat your kids like outsiders. They're not vipers and diapers. Right. Mm-hmm. That's right. They're, <laughs> they're not little pagans running around the church. Right. You can treat them like children who believe in Jesus. And listen, <laughs> don't we already do that? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We should. Don't we teach not. them to pray mm-hmm. yeah. and access the throne room of God in the sanctuary of heaven, which right. only saints have access to? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. We treat them as saints. Well, we? but just, they can't take Lord's Supper. Right. That's too far. Well, we're not there yet. Remember? <laughs> we're not there yet, but we're going to get there. We're going to get there. Yeah. Um, Lord's Supper and baptism aren't precisely the same. Uh, you do need to be able to discern the body in mm-hmm. order to partake of the Lord's Supper. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and I think it's obvious in the sign themselves, it requires picking up and eating and bringing to oneself. Uh, so there's mm-hmm. no not mm-hmm. to be any cramming of bread down infant 
throats, <laughs> right? That could um, be bad. The sign of, of baptism, and we're jumping ahead here, is something that is received passively because mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit is poured out on you and you are regenerated and those promises are given to you and you had nothing to do with them. Right. You aren't the one who is deciding as an individual to go and receive. You are receiving the promises before you were even born. It's solely by grace through faith. Absolutely. Before the foundations of the world. And you're just standing there and you're receiving it. And that's why David says, in the womb you were my God. That's why Jeremiah says that I was called from the womb. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Isaiah 40, verse 11, let me read this for us. Isaiah 40, verse 11, it says that Jesus will tend his flock like a shepherd. Amen, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And we think that, and we receive those promises in our church services, don't we? Mm-hmm. But what about our two little children sitting there that aren't yet cognizant, mm-hmm. right? Does he tend them? We would immediately all say, what? Just by intuition. Right. We would of all say, of course he does. Mm-hmm. That's sometimes why people dedicate babies. Right. Because they're trying to find some symbol of indicating that they have a special status apart from pagans. Right. Mm-hmm. right, right. There's a reason why God put them in your family and made you a steward and a manager and a guardian over them. You've been mm-hmm. given a stewardship of his little heir. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like you're dedicating your baby to growing, to growing up in Christ. Well, when you are baptizing them, you're saying you're giving them the sign of the promise. Mm-hmm. So remember, you have to understand signs signify. They're testi- <gasps> testimonial signs physical signs of something. Mm -hmm. Now, for most, they believe the sign, for Baptists, they believe the sign is a sign of their invisible inside faith. Mm -hmm. But I would submit that the Bible does not teach that, that it is actually a sign of the promise. It is a sign of the covenant. Mm. It's not a sign of what's going on inside of them. Mm -hmm. It's a sign about what's going on in the Word of God, that He speaks over them. Mm -hmm. So it's a sign that communicates from heaven down, not from earth up. Right. You see what I mean there? Got it. Mm-hmm. So, but Jesus is going to tend his flock, Isaiah 40, verse 11. You see, we're going all over the place. There's so much here. Right. Um, but we're going to try to slowly build each block at a time. What will Jesus do? He will gather the lambs, lambs mm-hmm. in his arms. Amen. Man, that's Wait, it right there. but you got to say it, though. What's a lamb? Well, well a lamb, for anyone who doesn't know, is a, <laughs> is a baby sheep. <laughs> <laughs> he will carry them in his bosom. Mm-hmm. He will carry the lambs in his bosom. See, Jesus has little children. He mm-hmm. claims children mm-hmm. of believers. Mm-hmm. Paul says that um, if one believing spouse is a Christian, mm-hmm. that the children are made holy, that is set apart mm-hmm. and clean. They're saints and they've been cleansed. They're no longer unclean and outside the sanctuary, but they have a special relationship with the covenantal promises mm-hmm. because they are born to believers. Right. That's okay. right. And what does Jesus do with these lambs? He holds them in his bosom and gently leads those who are with young. Mm-hmm. Wow. Amen. You see, the Amen. new covenant, and we'll do this in our second podcast, the new covenant promises uh, prophesied in the old covenant always included the children. Mm-hmm. Always. Amen. See, this is what Jesus did when he was alive. He gathered to himself infants in his hands. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he is the fulfillment of Isaiah 40, 11. The disciples said, no, 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 no. The master has no time, you know, uh, step away from the master. Right. And Jesus rebuked them for that behavior. Let the little and, children come. That's right. Let the little children come to me. And, and, and that word children there is including infants. Mm-hmm. So that means he's talking to a parent who has to hold the baby. Right. 
and say, let the little children come to me. So the parent, as the guardian of the baby, mm-hmm. as the steward, hands them to Jesus. Right. Mm-hmm. This is our calling as parents, isn't right. it? Yeah. Right. And we say, but how could a child love Jesus? Hey, from the womb, John the Baptist rejoiced when he came into contact with the Messiah. Amen. Remember, what did Jesus uh, say to the Pharisees when the Pharisees told him to shut the little kids up? He said, shut them up, shut them up. And the kids were shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, mm. the son of David has come on mm. the, uh, when he entered in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. He said, no, 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 out of the mouth of babes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, God has a special place in his heart for our children. Amen. Man, what good news. Amen. What good news. You see, he brought them into his hands, he touched them, he blessed them, and then he said this, quote, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. Mm. Now, that word, for of such, okay? So the kingdom of heaven, for of such. So we have that possession, and I believe it's the genitive there, which we would translate for of such. So the kingdom belongs to such. Mm-hmm. And now mm-hmm. that word such is always used to indicate those children and anyone like them. That's what the word such means. Okay. 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 Now I'm, I'm a grammar teacher and a Greek teacher, so I understand not everyone's going to get this quickly. But he doesn't say for everyone who is like these little children, uh, we'll have the kingdom of heaven. Mm-hmm. That's true, but that's not what the word of such means. When I say such like these, I'm meaning these and others like them. Mm-hmm. See, that's what he's saying. And he's saying to these children belong the kingdom of heaven. Mm-hmm. They are, what's the words from Galatians? Heirs mm-hmm. of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. They, even as children, are treated as slaves, and we'll talk about that in a second, under the guardianship of their parents, but their status is heirs, right. sons. Right. Christ claims them in some sense, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if your child is Christ's, they are heirs. Christ claims them. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, they must trust and obey, amen? Of course. They amen. have to respond to the promises the same way we respond to the promises. Mm-hmm. You hear the promises. Faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God, Mm -hmm. and faith is produced in the hearts of the elect by the Spirit of God. But that doesn't change the fact that God is giving them promises. Promises are from top down. They're from God to us. Mm -hmm. It's our then responsibility to hear those promises and to believe them. Mm -hmm. And when a baby has the sign of the promises, that sign is a testimony to him Mm -hmm. that God claims him that God has promises for him. And what should he do? He should respond to those promises with faith. Isn't that something? Right. And he gets older, speaking of the Lord's Supper, he would begin to say, I love Jesus. I want to be a part of Jesus. I want to receive the blessings that come from Jesus. I want to dine at his table in communion with him as well. Right. And they would then begin discerning the body properly. They would then receive the Lord's Supper. Amen. Because they are status-wise heirs of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Are we saying they're elect? We don't know who's elect. Right. That's invisible. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. We're saying they're members of the church. We're saying they're... See, that's interesting that you say Heirs that. of the kingdom. Because there has been like a, a desire in the last, I don't know, like 15 years when the Young, Restless, and Reform movement was coming about to try and discern that part above all else, to try and discern who is the elect and who isn't. And hmm. it's kind of put us in this spot where we're trying to figure out who's saved. <laughs> <laughs> Who's not? I know. You know. All we can do is judge by the fruit, 
and all we can do is be um, faithful to church discipline. Mm. We should, like God, excommunicate anyone who is a covenant breaker Mm -hmm. from the sacramental table. Mm. When they get older, if they refuse to believe the promises that have been given to them, they've even been given the testimonial sign of those promises, Mm -hmm. they reject them, they should be kicked out, as Adam and Eve are kicked out of the garden as covenant breakers, Mm -hmm. removed from the the taking of the tree of life. Mm -hmm. You see, they should be removed from that communion table. Mm -hmm. So the church has to be faithful to use church discipline, otherwise it will become corrupted by Esau's. Mm -hmm. All right, so we see here one last thing before we get to a little Q&A. Little testimony time. Question and answer magic. That's right. Before we do that, we have to address this issue of a child being like a slave. Okay. That sounds terrible. That does sound terrible. Take out the trash. (laughs) Cook me some eggs. Right? No, but in the Old Testament, they have to understand that bond servants or slaves uh, were members of the household. Right. That's the issue here. Yeah. The reason why slaves are being brought up so much is because these Christians who are becoming Christians have members of their household right. who also believe, and they are receiving the promises because, like we're going to say in a few podcasts, the promises of the new covenant are to households. Mm, mm-hmm. And slaves were considered members of the households. They Got were it. fed, protected, provided for, employed, etc. Right. That's why when Lydia, um, the head of the household, believed, her household was baptized. Right. That doesn't mean that they forced baptisms on unbelieving adults. Get in the water! No, that doesn't mean that. Um, Back then, if you were a slave, you would have had a corporate mindset. You would have had a collective mindset. Mm -hmm. If your uh, head of household was saying, King Jesus is head of this house, you would have said, then he's my head as well. Which is why Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Mm -hmm. That's what Lydia said. That's what Cornelius said, and Gaius, Mm -hmm. and Stephanus, and all the heads of households that were baptized in the New Testament, Mm -hmm. their whole households were baptized because they said, as for me and my house, King Jesus is God, and so they received the sign of those covenantal promises that are made to households. Right. Mm -hmm. You see that? Mm -hmm. Um, Now, um, that doesn't mean that they're like little worker minions. So it's not slave in the way we think of the word slave in our language, Mm -hmm. okay? Right. They were status-wise heirs, children. Mm -hmm. But like slaves, like slaves in what way? Well, they had guardians who directed them. Mm -hmm. You see what I mean? Mm -hmm. So even as a child, he was the owner of all things, Right, mm-hmm. that's his status, mm-hmm. and that's why I'm saying from verse 29 they were to be baptized. Mm-hmm. Those who are sons are heirs; they are Christ in some sense. They have that status, and they are baptized in Christ. Mm-hmm. Baptism is the sign of that status, right? Mm-hmm. Of that covenantal status. As a child, they are also heirs. Same Easy. same thing with slaves. Slam dunk. Bloop. Absolutely. Got it. Um, no pun intended. But their <laughs> but their future, of course, is directed by parents for a season. And this is so very important for us. Mm-hmm. Right? Parents are guardians. And what do the guardians do in the Old Testament? What is the law? Remember, the law is a guardian, a steward, which leads us to Christ. They're a steward. They're a guardian. They have a mission. Mm-hmm. And they're to lead us to Christ. Mm-hmm. Parents bring their child to Christ. God designed the world to introduce children to the world through guardians. Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? So mm-hmm. parents are managers, they're like stewards in the Old Testament. Right. They've been given a stewardship over this child, mm-hmm. and we'd better be faithful. Mm-hmm. Amen. We had better raise them as heirs. Don't exclude them. Sons of the kingdom. Don't keep them out. That's Amen. Right. No, teach them the law. Show them the gospel. Right. Right? Right. If a ch- that child is, in placed, is placed in the hands of stewards, his status is not viper and diapers, right? <laughs> his status is heir, 
And the parents are, are responsible to be faithful stewards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we know what happens to unfaithful stewards. Right. Yeah. Right. And of course, most people believe this. But what I'm trying to make my argument along the lines of is notice the status. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're not pagans. They're not um, foreign Gentiles. Mm-hmm. They are stewards. Right. I mean, they're heirs. Makes sense. You see Makes what I mean? Sense. Yeah. Right. Now, will the child believe? Time will tell. Yeah. But she's not in limbo. Right. She has promises. Right. Just as in the old covenant, mm-hmm. Ishmael and Esau, Jacob, Isaac, all the Jews had promises when they were born. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would mm-hmm. they be faithful? Would they believe those promises? Would those promises generate faith in their heart? Time will tell. Right. But their status being born to Christian believers it's is good. not pagan. Mm-hmm. Promises of Abraham are theirs. The deal is sealed. That's we exactly right, which is what we learn throughout the book of Hebrews, that the that there are those who have the promises, mm-hmm. they are in the covenant, mm-hmm. and they apostatize, mm-hmm. and they're like branches are broken off from once having been grafted in. Right. right? Mm-hmm. As Jesus says, um, all those in me, right. all those branches in me that mm-hmm. do not bear fruit will be broken off, cast into the fire. Right. So how can you be a branch in Christ and then go to hell? Do we believe in losing salvation? No. You don't continue abiding. You don't That's right. You fall away. Abide. You apostatize. Yeah. Uh, same thing in Hebrews. If you Hebrews ten twenty eight. If um, you profane the blood of the covenant by which you've been set apart, then uh, be afraid. Yeah. Our God is a consuming fire. Judgment mm. begins with the people of God. Mm. You see, there's this category of people who are in the covenant under the mediation of Jesus who do not persevere in faith, right? Mm-hmm. And they fall away. We call them the uh, tares mm-hmm. sown mm-hmm. in the field alongside the wheat. Right. Mm-hmm. They're the bad fish that the kingdom of God drags up in the net. Right. They're the goats. Mm-hmm. There's this category in Scripture, mm-hmm. and that's for those people in the covenant who um, don't have faith and don't believe the promises. Right. Mm-hmm. Just as it was in the Old Testament, they are breaking off. They are broken off. They die in the wilderness, and mm-hmm. we are warned not to die in the wilderness, but persevere in faith. Right. Amen. So that we might make our calling and election Sure. Amen. All right. Ho- Amen. Hopefully some pistons are firing, some dots are being connected. All cylinders. But we're going to have a little time, a Q&A, a little testimonial Ooh. time. Be- before we get into that, can I can I just say, this this whole argument, this all makes very much sense, and you see it laid out in Scripture very clearly. Right. But the problem that I am having, the internal conflict that I am seeing is Ooh. my dad, I grew up in, in a very Baptist home. Mm. Very bad. My my dad was a Southern Baptist preacher. I grew up hearing believers' baptism and seeing that played out. Um, and so this is a lot to take in. Mm. And uh, yeah. So I mean, but the, the the hardest part is seeing where I totally understand the argument and see how it makes a whole lot of sense, right? <laughs> and so yeah. for me, and I'm sure there's a lot of people listening to this who were like me, who mm-hmm. grew up not having a category for these kind of things mm-hmm. and uh, or being or having a totally different understanding of, of all of this completely, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And so I think uh, this... It's hard. Yeah, it's something. It's uh, definitely something to process and work through. Yeah. Change, yeah, yeah. Uh, change comes with a price. Let me tell you this. If you think it's hard enough for you as the child of a Baptist preacher, try being the Baptist preacher. Oh, yeah. <laughs> who, who has been um, yeah. not addressing this for 20 years, probably out of 
fear of what might happen. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. It's tough. The price, uh, there's a price to change. You got to count the costs. Yeah. This is, you know uh, what I mean? Right. The older you get, the price for change gets more expensive. It gets higher and higher. That's right. <laughs> That's inflation, right. right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> inflation. And now, and just to, to, to point out one little thing that you mentioned there, you said you grew up um, participating in believer's baptism. Mm-hmm. And so, and, but here's the funny thing. I was a child when I was baptized. <laughs> I came to Christ when I was like five or six years old. Yeah. And, uh, and I was baptized and I started even you know, participating in communion on Sundays as a six-year-old, seven-year-old. Amen. Because I was able to articulate the gospel in mm-hmm. a way that uh, the people around me could tell that I understood it. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so that's... And so you can see in that, first of all, I don't think anyone's going to have a problem with that. Yeah. Um, a little child sure. saying they want to follow Jesus, let's not forbid that. Mm-hmm. Oh, but they can't quote the Heidelberg Catechism. You know, <laughs> trust me, uh, the children in our church sometimes can uh, articulate the gospel better than better adults. Than okay. Adults yeah. Um, You're so not, wrong. not a lot of people are debating about that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone agrees with that, but we want to add to that that when someone is born to a Christian home, they have a status, right? They are in the covenant, and right. we want to give them the sign of that covenant. Mm-hmm. Right. And so now, but notice when what in the words you were saying, you're saying that the people around could see my faith, and therefore they gave me the sign. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. You see, in that worldview, right? It's sort of the default setting of of a lot of people in Acadiana. If you weren't raised Catholic or Methodist or Presbyterian or Anglican or Episcopalian or Lutheran, um, but if you were raised a Baptist or Assembly of God. Um, that's sort of the worldview you're in, mm-hmm. and uh, you believe just sort of by default that baptism is a sign signifying the internal faith that you have. Yeah. It is an outward sign of an in- mm-hmm. inner grace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's something that's happened in you. Yeah, yeah. We can't see it, but now we see something in their life, so let's give them the sign of that. Right. But what I'm trying to indicate, and we'll continue to make our case through many different um, episodes, is that that is not what a covenantal sign is. It is a sign of a promise made to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's not a sign of your decision of the will, okay? Mm-hmm. It's a sign of the promise to you. Now, and that promise is given to all the believers of children. Amen. Mm-hmm. All right. Amen. That makes a lot of sense. And the fact that, you know, I know uh, just from reading scripture that my will in the area of salvation and the area of coming to know Christ and even in the area of obeying, my will has. Yeah. No say. It's all been given to me as a gift. Yeah, amen. <laughs> yeah. Amen. amen. So uh, any Q&A, guys? Any pushback? Anything we need to address before we wrap up this particular episode? Yeah. Uh, what if the inheritance is squandered, right? Yeah, that's a great question. What if they are heirs and they have that status and they're given those promises and they don't have faith? Well, they become like those in Hebrews who fall away and come under the judgment of God. Mm. This is why we are warned that our God is a consuming fire. The judgment begins at the house of God, and that Jesus will take away his lampstand of his church. Mm-hmm. It's the exact same situation as if you had an adult that you dunked, and then they apostatize. Amen. You mm-hmm. do the exact same thing. It'd be yeah. like, oh, they were never really with us. That's but, right. Got it. Move on. But Pastor Jesus wasn't even baptized until he was in his 30s, right? His late 20s. Jesus was 30s. circumcised um, because he obviously was born under the law mm-hmm. and had the covenantal sign. Mm-hmm. He was given the baptism of John, which is a little different here. 
You see, and we'll have to unpack this, but John was um, doing something akin to proselyte baptisms. See, he was baptizing circumcised Jews. Mm-hmm. Now, that's interesting, right? So he wasn't John the Presbyterian. He was John the Baptist. He was John the Baptist. <laughs> John the Sprinkler. <laughs> he, was, he was also John the Jew, though. Yeah, and that, that's, that's right. the point I'm trying that's to make right. is that he was, I believe, reenacting the return from exile. He goes, mm-hmm. that's why it's so important that he's doing it in the Jordan River. Right. Because they're crossing back through into yeah. uh, the promised land, preparing for the coming of the king. They're, they're reenacting another repentant exile, right. okay, coming back from Babylon. Right. And, and so what he is saying is, I know you're all circumcised, you're heirs of the kingdom, but you need to repent. And you know what? We're going to give you the same sign we give Gentiles when they become Jews. We're mm-hmm. going to uh, put water on you. Mm-hmm. And so it's sort of offensive. It's like you're unclean, and now you need to get clean through repentance. That's why the Pharisees are so mad about it. This Uh is why they needed to repent in order to be baptized. Right. You see what I mean? Yeah. Um, So that's not precisely the same thing that is happening with Cornelius when Gentiles are receiving the sign. Mm. Uh, John's baptism is similar, but John's baptism was for repentant Jews. Mm -hmm. He was giving them... uh, the equivalent of a proselyte baptism, which is incredibly offensive mm-hmm. to <laughs> to those people who believe themselves to be children of Abraham because right. they were circumcised. That's why the Pharisees had such a problem with it. Oh, them. yes, yeah. indeed. And so Jesus identifying with that movement as the leader of that movement crosses through the Jordan with them. Yeah. Absolutely. That's, for, that's how I see John the Baptist, which yeah. is a little bit different. Yeah. No, but that's that makes sense, and uh, I feel like when people think baptism, that's kind of where they go. Like we're we're to follow in the footsteps of Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. And so Jesus was baptized, and well, and, in a simple sense, absolutely. Let's just yeah. go with that. If yeah. you, if you um, are an adult and you can walk and talk, uh, believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and mm-hmm. and be mm-hmm. baptized. Amen. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but the the debate is over. But what about the status of your infant when it's born to yeah. you? Yeah, mm-hmm. because you got those promises. From Abraham, which were to your descendants. Right. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Right. That, mm-hmm. So it's a slightly different debate. It's right. almost like adding to that uh, you know, repent and believe and be baptized. Right. Ooh. Yeah. You see what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So, That's right. Yeah. That. No, it's, a, it's a different thing. It's a different category. That's helpful too, to be able mm-hmm. to think about it as we're not saying when or necessarily the quantity of water. Yeah. We're adding a new layer. It is, here. It's, a, it's a totally different it's a, thing. It, it's a totally different category. Yeah. It is It is a breaking our system. Right. Mm-hmm. It is Imploding. messing with the factory settings. <laughs> Imploding, right. if so you it's will. difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. good times. Well, great first episode, guys. We touched on a lot of subjects, a lot of extra content. So a little bit longer of an episode than maybe uh, normally. Following from here, we'll have later on. But I feel like we went through. We picked off the the beginnings of a lot of topics. We we kind of told people where we're going over time, and I think that's going to be helpful for all of us. So thank you again so much for joining us for another one of our podcasts from Christ Church of Acadiana here in southwest Louisiana. Um, you can find all of our resources on wearechristchurch.com, or you can find us anywhere that you find podcasts. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time.